Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Sports Facts, Stats, and Smacks with Avery and Kevin. More importantly, today we have a guest on. So, James, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys letting me be here. Yeah, well, it's great to have guests on. We love having guests on that talk about other sports than just plain old hockey and football. And I know I'm excited for this because I have a whole bunch of questions. I know Kevin has a whole bunch of questions. But more importantly, you're more into the horse racing aspect of stuff. So it's something I've been out to Century Downs a couple times, um, probably more than a couple times. But have you ever been? I haven't made it out to Century Downs yet. I know way back when, when they used to kind of double up at the the grounds just to kind of keep people going. I'd go the odd time, but I definitely want to be able to get out to Century Downs and check out the whole area. Well, yeah, there's a long history of, of racing just around Calgary. Like, there's been three separate tracks going back a long time. Okay, so how long have you been involved with uh, horse racing? Uh, I'm actually a fourth generation uh, trainer, or was anyway before I, I, I guess I'll call it retired. Um, <laughs> uh, my grandpa, my great grandpa, my dad all all trained. My uncle trained racehorses, uh, and and it was just something that I kind of fell into. It it felt like the the easiest path in life, I guess, path of least resistance. <laughs> so it it must have been something you enjoyed. Uh, yeah, it's it's something I really enjoyed. Um, it, it's it was there was a change I needed to make later in life. But as a kid, I you couldn't get me to do anything else. I I tried other things. I moved into sales and stuff like that. But uh, there's something about sitting behind a horse when things are going right that just, uh, it, it feels pretty good. Nice. Nice. So I think we're going to get in some hard hitting questions here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you have on your, uh, panel of questions? I was just going to say, like, what you said, you know, it's enjoyable when things are going right. Mm-hmm. When do things go sideways and when they go sideways, how sideways does it get? It can go pretty bad. I, I was hurt in a wreck last December. Um, that's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm not driving now. Uh, and, and it was just as simple as the horse in front of me had slipped due to, I, I'm not sure if it was equipment failure or ice because it was December in Edmonton. And going at speeds that quick and you're only a couple inches away from another horse, you don't really have a lot of time to react. And there's seven more guys behind you. And the next thing you know, you're below all seven of them. It's, it's not a whole lot of fun. No, that would uh, <laughs> sounds messy and painful at the same time. Uh, unbelievably, I didn't break any bones in that. Like it's uh, every part of the, uh, the sulky, the race bike around me was broken, but I somehow slid kind of out the other side, uh, like Bugs Bunny getting dog piled. So yeah. <laughs> when you I'll say take the it. speeds, like, yeah. what are they going at? Like once they get going, um, right at the start of the race is usually the the fastest you'll you'll see a speed get, and they'll get right around. 35 to 38 miles an hour so 60k jeez yeah like it's you get ripping pretty good and i mean the bikes we're in now or the sulkies uh it's the vernacular bike they call them race bike um they are carbon fiber masterpieces that are i mean the horses don't even know they're back there anymore like you pick them up they're like two pounds each Oh geez, it's, they've gone from like a heavy metal bike or or yeah. a wooden bike to a carbon fiber, like everything racing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like F one with a horse. Yeah, F one Tour de France, however you want to say it exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you answered one of my questions that I had already. Like, like what's it called? Like we were discussing this before you got here, and I looked it up, and you said it was called a scully, and 
And you've obviously done racing, like harness racing. Have you ever done any other racing? So now this, this is the funny part. I will uh, sit in a race bike or a sulky behind any of the worst horses you could possibly imagine. No problem. No fear. Uh, I won't get on top of a horse. Since I was 13, my dad got me a pony for some ungodly reason. I don't know what 13-year-old boy really wants a pony, but I got a pony. Um, it ran through a fence, and I have not been on top of a horse since. Okay. So the jockeys that do it, that, that ride the quarter horses and the thoroughbreds that are at the mile right now, man, I, I give them all the, the props in the world and, and the exercise riders. Like, that is awesome because they actually do go a little faster than us. Um, okay. <clears throat> excuse me. The trotters and the pacers have to go a certain gait. A pacer is left leg, right leg, kind of at the same time. Trotters are, are kitty corner, like left front, right right, right hind okay. um, will go. The thoroughbreds will gallop and the quarter horses, they gallop. So it's just that's that's their speed gait or a speed gait for a horse. So they they go quite a bit faster than, than a standard bread race. I know with um, the jockeys that are on top of the horses, mm-hmm. um, they're in a, almost like a mobile shoot type thing with the yeah. gates. Yeah. How do you guys start off your races? Like, is it something similar that accommodates it, or, or how does that? Um, start it's off? actually a rolling start behind a starting gate. Okay. It's, it's a car that'll have wings on it. Our starter Jim Dakowitz gives us a signal, or will give the drivers a signal about thirty seconds before the race to know that you got to kind of line them up and get them moving in in a general direction. And then he'll open the wings to the starting gate, and everybody kind of comes into line, and they'll follow the gate around to the start pole. At that point, he closes the wings and guns it, gets out of the way, and, and the drivers get to the job. <laughs> nice. Nice. How long is a race, or does it depend on the racetrack? It, it, anywhere, but right around two minutes is the average. The world record right now is just below 146, which is amazing. Like, that's for a mile uh, for, for a horse to be able to do that, any animal. Uh, at that speed for a mile, is, it amazes me now, especially pulling somebody or the thoroughbreds have mm-hmm. people up on their backs. The average speed around here is anywhere between a minute and 155 to, to two minutes. Yeah, hey, that's cool. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, if you think about it, like just that mile, yeah, yeah. sort of a time, like that, yeah. that's absolutely incredible. When you've got, whether it's at Century Downs mm-hmm. or if you're going up to Edmonton or other mm-hmm. venues that are hosting a race, is there a procedure properly shipping the horse to get them there so they're accommodated and not stressed out and then the unloading process before and how much time do they have before the race after the movement? Um, so a lot of the horses here are on track. So it's, it makes it a lot easier. There's only a few farms. Uh, one of the top trainers in Alberta, Brandon Campbell, is at a farm not on track. So they have a certain time uh it's a a rule to make sure they're on track i believe it's 9 a.m now i'm not 100 sure <laughs> uh just because they've got to get checked in and ready for the races the races are at 215 you've got to be there a certain amount of hours early and honestly once the horses get used to it they they really don't mind it but some of them see the truck and get excited especially if they're an on track horse and they see the trailer and they know they're going out for vacation they get they're they're happy to see it and more mm-hmm. than willing to get on Okay, nice, nice, nice. One of the things that we have talked about on this podcast before is betting. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the cool thing. Like when we go watch the races, like my wife and I have gone, and I don't know a lot about horse, like Mm -hmm. betting and stuff like that. I usually pick which name I think is the best name and then place my bet on that. 
probably not the best strategy in the <laughs> world. Um, I've won a couple gate a couple times, but I lost more than I won. Mm. Um, but what are some of the things that we should look for when we go to the races at Century Downs and mm. we're going to place some money on it? And like, how should we pick our horses instead of just by what the cool name is? Um, well, it's the easiest ways to start at the at the program. They'll they'll have like picks for this race. Okay. Um, and that that will lead you to who the professionals think, um, or the people that write the program think are, are going to be the best horses. Now, what some of the reasons you can look at about why that horses are the best that horse is the best are is the person that trains that horse. It, it'll be in there, like the trainer's name, mm-hmm. and behind that trainer's name is a percentage. Now, that's like their batting average. Okay. Say, yeah. Uh, same for the driver. The driver will be listed on the DR as the driver, the person that's driving the horse. Their average, same thing. It's like a percentage, but it's not the percentage of winning. It's how, how many times they're one, two, three. Okay. How many times they hit the win play show spot. Yeah. And that's basically like if they're batting 400, 40%, they're one, two, three. Like that's those mm-hmm. are pretty good numbers. Not a lot of guys are up there. So that's, that's really a, a good place to start is look at, at those numbers the last quarter of a horse which is it'll have like the time of a horse like the time the horse is going in the last quarter are usually important okay um to look for as well but it's looking at a professional program it it can be really overwhelming um especially to to a new gambler coming into the track and they're like oh man what all these numbers and and this and that so it's just the easiest to kind of break it down almost like when you see a horse come out if it's uh one of the four favorites and it looks like it's nice to you that's fine to pick that one man okay that's that's not bad because like you've got paramutual wagering when somebody comes to the track you're you're not playing the racetrack Mm -hmm. right like that that's this is the fun part about paramutual wagering is it's pool wagering so say me and you are betting the races and we're the only three people at the track we're betting each other it's like the track takes its rake out or it'll take right, its right. percentage. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically a poker game on horses. Okay. So if you think about it that way, it can be a lot of fun. You know what I yeah. mean? Like maybe the house says or that the rest of the gamblers are picking a horse at six to five and you like the last quarter ones come in and the driver's got a good percentage. The trainer's got a good percentage. Inside post usually helps. Okay. Right. Of course, because you're like going Shorter less track. distance. Right. Yeah without getting into like the horses leaving and gate speed aspect right away (laughs) you can find some easy picks that way you know what i mean uh before the races one of the the best things to do (laughs) it's all right (laughs) one of the best things to do is uh fred gillis storm defoe and don mcdougall almost forgot his name can't believe (laughs) i did that uh have a pick show that you can go onto the century website or and youtube pages and and watch their picks uh-huh, um, yeah. which helps also before the race it'll have like ex- frank fontana from up north has picks uh and murray who's our track announcer has picks there there's some expert picks everywhere nice. um that will also help cool i think i'll be doing a little bit more research <laughs> yeah. yeah i like that like i said i've always just based on the name of the horse or like who i think will win that way but it's good to see some small tips and what we can do to hopefully pick some good winners so and you know what if if you look over and somebody looks like they're winning it's okay to ask what's the worst thing you're gonna say no yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. you know if yeah. 
if you're at at Century Downs and you see anybody wearing an Asha jacket, uh, that's the Alberta Standard Bread Horse Association. And you want a tip or you want a, a help understanding gambling, any of those people would be more than happy to help you okay. as well. Um, and I'm down there every weekend. I try to be in the grandstand as much as possible, just in yes. case anybody has questions. Yeah, I really like the grandstand outside. And mm -hmm. It's I like the atmosphere is always nice. I, I I treat it like an event where I I usually put on some nice clothes mm -hmm. and um, put on a vest. Sometimes wear a tie and. Uh, that's almost a standard for what you do see whether it's yeah. the, the the big ones you know everyone is it's that sunday special or weekend special that they get up for absolutely and you know it's it's looking towards making racing an event again yeah is what i really want to do and that's one of the jobs i have at the casino is is bringing that magic 18 to 49 demo back into the yeah. casino and and how to make things exciting for everybody and and maybe even have people realize that this is almost an extreme sport. Like you're driving an animal at 60 K yeah. a mile, two inches away from another person where in all reality, you could die if things went horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't get much more extreme than that in my mind. Yeah. It, I, luckily I've never seen an accident, but mm. like, yeah, you're talking about those speeds and how close you are and never realized it that way. Cause like, even when you're watching it, like on the far side, I guess you don't yeah. see it. How, close everybody is that way so i think i'm uh for me i'm always looking for how far that horse is ahead instead mm. of like the side by side so yeah it'd be something interesting to see next looking for that next time i'm out definitely yeah. watching yeah when uh when a trainer's working with their horse mm. um is it like a regular human athlete with the, the training and preparation diet wise or is the horse kind of just do its thing and oh, eat up absolutely man the the amount of money and care that goes into a horse now like they are just like a football player really like they're, they're professional athletes they have a doctor or the vet you will usually come by and, and make sure everything's all right every morning uh in the barns take temperatures if you need anything if you think anything's a little bit sick uh, they go out at least once a day and they'll jog anywhere or exercise anywhere between three to five miles uh and that's the standard bread like okay. the the thoroughbreds have a much different program but there our feed programs now are all super science-based um proteins the amino acids and and the such like that that you see a lot of not the illegal like bodybuilding supplements but just the things that are healthy for you that will get your muscles to perform at their best ability and then recover properly okay okay oh. i was just up in red deer over mm -hmm. the weekend and i went to the horse show yep so, and I, I saw a lot of different things like supplements and mm -hmm. this and that. So it kind of blends it all together now, knowing that it's just as hardcore, as you said, as a oh, professional absolutely. athlete. Absolutely. And you know what? It's just as expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing once you get your feed bill so much and you're like, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not just oats and hay anymore. And it's, it's, it's not like horse racing has such a bad rep right now for for chemicals and people that use things out east and it's oh, wow. it's not like that you know what i mean like it's heavily tested the horses are watched and and honestly it's policed very well amongst each other because you guys are competing for the same dollar so you don't want trainer a using something that you know he's using yeah. and beating you every week because he's taking your money so yeah. 
it makes no sense to let one person get away with things. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I never thought of it that way. Like, just I knew that horses are like well built and they're probably taken well care of. I never really thought about the supplements and treating them almost like a bodybuilder and an elite athlete, which they are. So, absolutely, yeah. breathing's like being able to get them to breathe. And um, getting a hold of the racetrack, shoeing, and those things are just so important. A good blacksmith that they can have a horse, especially the the trotters and pacers that are angled properly so that you can get around the turns and, and the straightaways and allow their body the perfect range of motion is just, it's invaluable. Okay. Like, absolutely invaluable. So you talk about horseshoes. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have a picture of being in Alberta, what the standard horseshoe looks like mm-hmm. is that what the horses have on their feet or do they have like a special like racing horseshoe or something more specifically designed for that horse track man it it literally goes horse to horse track track to track out here a lot of people uh there are aluminum shoes they use that that'll help get a hold of the track surface a little better because we have to use a limestone and the limestone it's it breaks away really easily so you want you don't want them spinning their wheels because that that will actually get them to pull a muscle. It's just like running on ice, basically. Oh, okay, right? Right, yeah. It's a lot easier to pull a hammy or a quad yeah. if you're running on ice. So if you give them cleats, that it helps them get a hold of things better, and, mm, and there will okay, be a yeah, lot yeah. a lot better range of movement. There are some tracks. The there's one track in Kentucky that's built. It's red clay called the Red Mile. Funny enough, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people go there and they'll take the shoes right off their horse because it's such a soft, gentle surface on the horse. They don't even need the shoes. Oh, so it's just a, a very different set of circumstances and and the trainers that that train the horses really have to be aware of that as well okay that's i'm i'm enjoying these insider tips and yeah definitely it, it, like not knowing finding out these cool things like i never really thought much about horseshoes before besides like nailing one up on a burn yeah <laughs> but yeah that's awesome uh, it's, and it's amazing watching the guys come into the barn because it's it hasn't changed from other than the nails are built a little different and the shoes are the metal is probably easier to work with. It's the guy with the forge and a sledgehammer. And it, I mean, you shape the shoe to the hook. You don't just get a shoe, put it on and then shape the foot to oh, the shoe. Okay. You actually the guys take the time. They'll shape the shoe. They put it back on the foot to make sure that that horse is actually moving properly like. The science just to the the shoeing aspect of horse racing is unbelievable. So do they do it right there at the track then? Like, yeah. The guy okay. guy usually will come to your barn. He brings his, he's got a little more mobile forage and everything with him. And, nice. And he'll do that. So how often are they changed? Uh, about once a month. Um, sometimes up north we switch to a sand or a dirt track and it's every two to three weeks. Like they, okay. they can go through them a lot better, but. That track's also a little easier on on a few other things on the horse too. So, okay, cool. When they're when the, the horses are being ran or you're driving them or mm-hmm. whatever, does it break down into different heats? And in between, if it is a heat, do they do anything with the racing surface to make it safer for the animal? So, like, so you see it graded. Yeah. So what what they do is there there will be a bunch of there's just like say twelve races. Um, those races will be select in a different category so they stay competitive which will either be like claiming races where you guys should go get your license yourself find a trainer have that trainer go buy that horse out of that race Hmm. now that's your horse and you have a trainer and then there's non-winners races where it'll either be like a maiden race which the horse has never won a race before or 
non-winners two, three, four, et cetera, going up the ladder. Um, there can be a, a non-winners money, like a non-winners two or $5,000 lifetime will fit this race class. So oh, okay. that's how they figure out what horse or how horses go into the whatever class. Then they'll figure out how many races are per day. Uh, this Saturday, we have 12 races coming up today. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so after every race, they have a conditioner that'll come out. It goes around the track. It'll make sure um, anything that's fallen off a horse in the previous race is picked up. It conditions the track so it's it's safe again. Like it's The track here is very safe. We, we haven't had, knock on wood, a lot of issues with that. There have been some tracks that have had had issues, but they were down south, um, and and we've got good crews here, so I can't complain. Nice, but yeah, they they take care of them between races. Nice. I'm still amazed by the horseshoe thing. <laughs> <laughs> I find that pretty cool and complex at the same time. So, is, do horses only race once a day, or is it like can they race multiple times? Or so we used to have a multiple heat race in in one day here. Um, I don't believe we have it anymore okay. where they would race, say in the fourth race and, or there'd be two or three heats where there would be like the ray horses would race in the fourth, fifth and sixth. And then the top three finishers would come back and race in the 15th race. Okay. Yes. We don't have that anymore. There's still some of the big races in the States are like that. Um, there's not many anymore. Most of the time they race once a day. Okay. You know, it's once a day. They race once a week. The standard reds, the thoroughbreds are once every three weeks-ish. They're a little harder on themselves in a race, so they allow them a little bit longer to recuperate. Okay. And they're, the thoroughbreds are, are bigger and stronger, but they're more like a greyhound. They're a little more fine-boned. Okay. Um, so they also let them recuperate just to take care of them because, like I said, they're, they're professional athletes. Like yeah. The job yeah. they do is amazing. Um, yeah. I'm more in awe of the, the horse's in flight than any animal in the world like just the the determination of, of seeing two horses fighting one another off it's it's really cool you yeah. know it's it's fun to watch and just the movement too yeah you know, like with that in flight just you just see each leg rippling every yeah, time absolutely yeah so you're talking about like the horses battling each other yeah. and you know there's obviously jockeys on there too mm -hmm. how much is a horse in control compared to the jockey then um the the jockey or, or driver in, in harness racing and thoroughbreds or jockeys um they're in okay. control all the time yeah <laughs> question mark <laughs> um I, I, I guess how bad does that horse want it like most of the time that horses actually enjoy racing like the, the yeah. ones that are at the front are there because they enjoy racing mm -hmm. there are guys we have whips the whipping as everything in in any sport like hockey used to be brutal in the 80s mm -hmm. whipping was not great in the 80s they've curbed the, the rules on it what you can use how you can and urge a horse is is what they like it called oh, now right. yeah uh because we've we've got to change things and, and make them more fan friendly yeah but it, it's mostly them you know what i mean there's mm -hmm. there's not much i can do i can like push you can push on one's tail um you can tap them a little bit with a whip but it's it's them yeah, that's that's kind of cool. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, and it's good to know the distinction between a driver and a jockey mm -hmm. too. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know like uh, some of the other distinctions between like the standard red and and the thoroughbred or flat horse side because they have quarter horses up north as well. So there's, I guess there's two breeds if you look at it that way. The the standard bred drivers usually wear like they wear a set of colors, mm -hmm. and that's each driver's own individual set. 
uh, Mike Hennessy, Brandon Campbell, Dave Kelly, Phil Giesbrick, all wear different designs. When you go to the thoroughbreds, the jockeys will wear the trainer or the owner's colors. Well, so okay, it's right. it's more of a stable thing than an individual thing. Uh, and it's, it's I don't know if it's right or wrong, just different. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? You said some names that I recognize there, like okay. Phil Giesbrook. Yeah. Like, I just remember seeing him. And I'm going to say this. Drivers, I believe, drive multiple times during the day, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because I think I saw his name. Like, yeah. I don't know why it's, that name is resonating with me, but. Uh, so, when you read the program, sometimes you'll see, going back to the, the numbers thing, there will be a driver and a trainer, same guy. Some guys drive and train yeah. their own barns. Some guys don't. They just, they maybe they used to and they've just gotten older. Um, maybe you just suck at it. To be completely honest, <laughs> no, no, <that's... laughs> you know, it's yeah. sometimes you just you make more money with other people sitting in the bike. Yeah. So, and I think it's just knowing that um, that is is uh, also another key to the the industry okay. is knowing. Yeah. Sometimes even when you're driving and you're a driver, knowing that you don't fit your horse and and being able to have have uh, set set your ego aside and put somebody on a horse because you know they get along with it better than you can oh, be okay. be a tough thing like just not trying to force things yeah you know it's it's like anything i guess yeah. <laughs> cool and i think that runs rampant you know regardless of whether it's horse racing mm-hmm. as a jockey or a driver or a nascar driver or mm-hmm. a, any pro athlete there is that level of ego that you want you you want to do how well but then you kind of have to dial it back at times yeah, and and you know this, it, it's tough too because being a catch driver, which which is kind of where the guys where you see somebody's training, but it's a different guy driving. Mm-hmm. That's a catch driver. Okay. Um, I mean, I I really think of them of of catch drivers as being the closest thing to a gunslinger these days. <laughs> you know, they they ride into town, they they put on a show and and leave with the money, and they get all the glory. <laughs> Meanwhile, the trainer's doing all the work back at the barn, yeah. right? Yeah. So it. <laughs> It's a it's a fun game, um, but you have to have almost you have to be almost borderline narcissistic to be good because you have to think that every time you sit behind one, no matter what, you're definitely going to make this horse better. Okay. And if something goes wrong, it absolutely wasn't your fault. That was <laughs> okay. definitely somebody else screwed that up yeah. because I am the best, right? And if you don't have some of that attitude in you. With the ability of also being able to check that attitude when when you talk to people off the track, um, you, you're not going to go as far as as you can. I know you're involved on the marketing mm-hmm. side now. Mm-hmm. Are you still involved with the racing side at all? Uh, not right now. Okay. I, I can't say I'm not going to be ever again. Right now, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Okay, cool. Uh, I've got to do a couple cool things. I've got to start a couple partnerships. I get to take uh, some people from Century up to Slush Cup for uh, some marketing for the casino. So nice. That'll nice. be a lot of fun. Yeah. You get to do podcasts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, um, yeah. moving up in the world, man. <laughs> for the male and the female horses, mm-hmm. for whatever the race is going to be, whether it's thoroughbred or whatever, or yep. standard. Is there a certain age that they have to be to get into it or, or get out of it by, or what's the prime time for the horses? So they start racing usually between two and three. Okay. Um, they, you, there's a yearling sale coming up not long from now. 
at, at the racetrack. You can buy them as babies if you if you want to, if you want to really be a gambler and roll the dice. But that's mm -hmm. where you also make all the money. There's going to be over a million dollars in purses for state courses wow. in not a long time from now. Wow. Like it's it's actually a very good time to get into the business as an owner. Um, which is probably why I got out. I'm great with stocks <laughs> like that too. Sell them on the way up, buy them on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> so they can race till they're uh, between 14 and 15, okay. uh, depending where. I think British Columbia, they can actually stay till 16. Like okay. it's it's fairly impressive how long they can go. Nice. Prime, usually five till eight. It's probably prime, prime age for a horse. Okay. Kevin asked one of my questions. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about the ages of horses and what what goes on there. So is it like, is there different categories for different ages? And is there different categories for, say, male and female horses? And Usually we try to keep the girls against girls, boys against the boys. Mm -hmm. um, all the stake races or, or the added money events that they race in for the big money are all separated. Uh, very few horses will go into an open race that are, are mares and beat the boys but the, it's usually like a big race in the east somewhere like new jersey where a big mare will go into a trotting race and and beat the boys but okay. it's it's very few and far between it, yeah. it's usually separated by sex and money earnings claiming price okay besides century casino here mm -hmm. in calgary or just outside of calgary mm -hmm. how many other racetracks are there in alberta um there is What's the one up north? There's the one in Grand Prairie. I, I'm going to get killed for not knowing. <laughs> <this>. <laughs> uh, Evergreen Park. Oh, hey. Is in Grand Prairie. Uh, it's an awesome place. The people that run it are great. Uh, there's Century Down, Century Mile are are the two, what they call quote unquote A tracks, okay. um, where they go for the little bit better money. Uh, there's Track on Two in Lacombe, which the people that run it are great. And they're, they're doing their best to try to keep a secondary track going for the standard breads. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't had any thoroughbred action, but they've they've been a welcome addition to the circuit. Nice, nice. So is it, you say a welcome addition to the circuit. Is it something that goes, when I think horse racing, sometimes I think the big thing we, a lot of people might think that are outside mm -hmm. of the sport is the triple crown. Yeah. Is that like the circuit in Alberta? This, is there something like that for Alberta? Um, not exactly what, what you would call the triple crown, but for our, our younger horses, there there's the sire stake series um, that are for Alberta bred and sired horses uh, for dads from Alberta. Okay. The, cool. the, the sire. So um, they race all season and build up points. The top nine point getters go into the super final race, which goes up at Century Mile. And this year it will go for they're hoping right around 110,000 estimated, but it'll guaranteed it's going for 80. So, wow, nice. you know, it's like I said, the, the money is getting to where it's, it's getting pretty good. Um, they used to have a race in Calgary actually at Stampede Park years ago, uh, that was called the Nat Christie and it would go for 250,000. So oh, geez. Yeah. the, the eighties, late eighties through the nineties and early two thousands were really some glory days for Alberta racing. Like, Toronto is almost what you would call like the NHL of racing and Alberta was was second like bar none was the yeah. second best place in Alberta to race and and I'd really like to see that again and I, I think we're definitely moving in that direction yeah I guess Toronto is that Woodbine in Toronto yeah yeah, yeah. they yeah. they have an amazing track and and circuit out there like they're they get the best horses and and second best drivers in the world okay wow <laughs> 
at least Toronto's yeah. got something positive. Yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about the Maple Leafs. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that's everything I've, I've had. Yeah, um, just... I've got you all. I've answered it, everything. <laughs> so, how often does the races happen? And like, how often, or I guess, how often are races happening at the Century Downs? And how can we get there? And tell us all about what's going on at Century Downs coming up. And Okay, well, we, we race every Saturday at 2.15. Uh, we're starting Tuesdays as well at 2.15 right away uh, with the with weather and everything permitting. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be getting going then. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, the next couple of months, we have some exciting stuff coming up. We have a mental health day, May 21st okay. uh, for Lionheart Foundation, which is a local Calgary foundation and a bunch of really cool places. Um, I was talking about Sunshine Village earlier. Mm-hmm. They donated a stay on the mountain as well as a f- summer family pass uh, to go up the gondola. And I didn't even know you could go around Sunshine on the mountain during okay. the summer, but apparently you can. Nice. I don't know why you'd want it without a snowboard, but you should <laughs> definitely check it out. Thank you, guys. And, and some other things. We're going to have a silent auction to, to do that stuff. So, And like I said, we're every Saturday. They can find all that information on the website. Century, yeah, centurydowns.com. All that'll be on the information. Or all that information's on the website. Uh, we're just behind Cross Iron Mills off Highway 2. So it's not that far away. Thursday nights, if you like prime rib, there's a prime rib special that's amazing. I've heard of that. And it's like, <laughs> it's, prime it's very five. cheap. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. honestly, it's cheap enough. Order two, I do. And I'm not <laughs> even a big guy. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so I'll put all that in the show notes. James, thanks for coming on. I Thank I you, really yeah. enjoyed this. This was yeah. awesome. Learning learning a little bit more behind the scenes, and that's what we want to do on this podcast is definitely learn more. And yeah, I, I had fun. So thanks yeah, for coming on. Yeah, thank thanks. you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me out, guys. Uh, anytime. Like I said, awesome. anytime you want to come out to the track, please come out. I'll take you in the back, let you meet some of the, some of the real athletes, the horses, the drivers. Awesome. They just like the glory. Awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be taking you up on that. So sounds great, man. Thank awesome. You. Thank you.